Hello and welcome to another episode of Three Guys and the Mouse. Josh here by myself giving you guys another little update on things happening around the company. We're going to start with a D23 message. We're going to make fun of Universal Creative getting a little less creative. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Disney 100 Years of Wonder celebration uh, coming. So here we go. Alright, like I said, we're going to start off with a little bit of D23 news. So, I am a subscriber to D23, the official Disney fan club, and might I say, the most expensive way to show your fandom to this company. However, I pay like the $100 or whatever it is, I don't know, I put it on my credit card. You know, I get my magazine, read through it, put it on my coffee table, all that. But we got a nice little surprise this morning. Bob Iger himself gave us a little message. I'm just going to read that to you. It was a nice little thing to open my email to see. So Bob Iger stated in this email, As we approach the end of 2022, I wanted to take a moment to express my gratitude to the biggest Disney fans in the world. All of you. Disney is fortunate to have the most devoted and enthusiastic fans and I was reminded of this a few weeks ago when I visited Disneyland Resort and attended the Candlelight Processional. It was, it, it was invigorating to be surrounded by so many guests who make what we do possible. We love your passion for our company and your enthusiasm for what we create and we will continue to do our best to exceed your high expectations. As you know, next year, Disney will mark its 100th anniversary. We are immeasurably grateful to the generations of fans all around the globe who have invited our stories and characters into their lives. And we look forward to celebrating the groundbreaking moments, the cherished memories, and the creative visionaries that made Disney the most beloved name in entertainment over the past century. During the Coming year, D23 will launch a slate of exciting events to mark this historic milestone with more information that you can find on the website. Looking at all the opportunities ahead, I can honestly say there has never been a better time to be a Disney fan. It is an extraordinary privilege to lead this remarkable company again, and I am so grateful for your continued passion for Disney on behalf of all of us at the Walt Disney Company I wish you a wonderful holiday season and a very happy and prosperous new year. Thanks, Bob Iger. Like I said, it was a nice little surprise, you know, uh, and not to mention considering the ogre we had running the company for the last couple of years, it was very much um, appreciated that they were going to make it a point like, hey, you know what, we appreciate you guys and what you guys do as the guests and uh, not as Chapik used to say, the consumer. But, you know, I thought it was a nice little thing, so I wanted to bring that up. Quickly, uh, onto the movies. I wanted to bring up that Avatar, The Way of Water, has officially crossed 500 million worldwide. 
Specifically, it has made 168 domestically and 387 million internationally, adding up to 555 million uh, worldwide. However, it does have a $350 million production cost. So, and that's not even including the marketing cost that they put on this movie. So it means that this thing has not actually posted a profit yet. Though the hopes are that it's going to cross a billion dollars by the end of the year. Of course, the problem is with the incredibly high budget and the extra marketing costs. Is this even kind of worth it? I mean, it reminds me of like Michael Eisner. He abhorred, uh, he abhorred this kind of, you know, filmmaking because he saw it as wasteful. Um, I know a lot of us might remember Michael Eisner as kind of an ogre, but Michael Eisner had a very good sense on like movies because that's where he came from at Paramount. And one of his things was about keeping costs low and profits high. And they did that a lot. That's how you get kind of the renaissance and all that is that they came up with the idea of what if you made these movies at a better budget? And what if you put in stars that aren't stars anymore? They were stars and you know, that light has kind of uh, faded. And that's how we, and we got that for a long time at Disney uh, Animation, which is very odd to think. Uh, I think of things like having someone like, I don't know, Robin Williams in um, Aladdin. Uh, we had Eddie Murphy in Mulan. Like, you, there were like just weird examples of this throughout the company. But um, I just kind of wonder, like, you know, I'm not a movie person. Like, I don't work in the industry, but it does seem kind of odd to me. Like, what what is the bang for your buck, right? If you're getting smaller profit lines because the cost of the movie and the marketing is so high. You know, like, think of something like, I mean, this is Universal, or I mean, uh, Warner Brothers, but Black Adam, right? Black Adam made $400 million, which sounds good, but you put that against the production costs and the marketing costs, and it actually made less money than it actually brought in and it just kind of makes you wonder like what's the point right what why why do it but you know uh that's obviously up to them but the idea i guess is that avatar should make its money i mean i'm honestly assuming it will hit a billion by the end of the year i don't know if it's gonna hit two i know a lot of people think it will my friends included that have seen it they love it and they think it's going to actually outperform Endgame. But I just, I don't know. I just don't believe in it that way. I just don't feel like people are going to keep coming in to see a three-hour movie. But, you know, obviously I can be wrong. I did not think Endgame was going to uh, cross that. And it ended up di doing it. So what do I know, right? All right. Now for the snark. Uh, Universal Creative... <laughs> Or Universal is up to their old ways, guys. There is currently a mass exodus happening uh, over at Universal Creative, which is their version of Imagineering, where they have offered that anyone 57 years old or ha that has been with Universal Creative for 10 years or more can retire early. And this all comes on the heels of hearing that there's budget cuts happening to Universal Orlando's new park epic. So that this park is not looking as epic as it was originally supposed to be envisioned as. Now, obviously I'm a hater. So 
It's easy for me to hate on that, but it is concerning when stuff like that happens, right? So one of the things is that it's the people who are leaving. Like whenever a project goes on at Disney Imagineering or Universal Creative, they're going to hire a bunch of people. There's going to be a lot of work going on. But at the end of it, a lot of people get laid off because that work's not needed anymore. And that's where you have to, you know, you find yourself a new, like, project, right? I know, think of something like Tony Baxter. I remember him talking about how Epcot was going on and he knew already he needed to get onto a new project. And that's uh, actually how we ended up getting Big Thunder Mountain was... He just thought, well, what what's something that we could do next? Um, but the problem is, is that you don't expect big names to go with this. Now, two of the really big names that have announced that they are going to be taking the early retirement is Thierry Coop, who is the senior vice president and chief creative officer of Universal Creative, and Mike Hightower who's the president at Universal Creative. Those are two very high-level people to be leaving before a project is finished. And you have to consider, too, these are guys who oversaw the creation and the build-out of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So it really just, to me, feels and reads like they're focusing less on creativity and more on cost-cutting which should sound familiar to us Disney fans, right? Looking at uh, Bob Paycheck over there. <laughs> I guess he's just going to be my uh he's going to be my go-to for bad planning now. But uh the rumor is that they don't feel like they need to have as many people at Universal Creative anymore because Epic is on track for a 2025 opening. But firing or I guess technically asking people to leave when the project isn't done yet sounds more like this is about cost effectiveness than it is about the project is going well. It makes me think of something like Disney's California Adventure 1.0, which only costs $600 million to build, which is insane because they can't even build a coaster for that much money now. But you know, I'm going to hold on to my early prediction, which is that Epic is going to be okay at best. I know some of you hate my feelings on that, but honestly, it just... It felt like that from the beginning. And now hearing that they're cutting things and even in their creative, they're talking to each other just saying and begrudging that it does not look good. I just don't, I just don't see this going well. But, you know, uh, we're going to see what ends up happening and what ends up getting cut um, in 2025. I can say I do follow uh, BioReconstruct on Twitter and he likes to post these um, overhead shots of the parks and he's been doing a lot for epic and uh, we can see very well that the super mario land looks like it's uh looking exactly the same but uh you know to me that doesn't matter uh but it looks like they're building that one out and uh the um and the uh, uh what i'm sorry king kong the donkey kong coaster is actually being built so we know we're at least getting that but there's a lot there's a lot of like fuzziness with this whole project anyway, so I don't know what the real plan is going to end up looking like.
Moving on to Walt Disney World, I wanted to bring up that it looks like the Walt Disney World Railroad is going to be coming back soon. They have started doing cast member previews of the soon-to-be-reopened Walt Disney World Railroad. This leisurely train journey around the park is a staple of the Disney Castle Parks, but unfortunately this has been down since 2018. I actually think I've only seen it open once on the many trips I've made to the Magic Kingdom Park over the years. Now the railroad closed for the Tron Light Cycle Run construction since the attraction is actually sitting on top of where the current uh where the current um train tracks are now of course once again this has been like five years that it's been closed which is insane but i guess uh the whole thing was that they had to build kind of a tunnel that the train is going to be going through so you know, there's a lot of rumors to that too, but uh, it's going to be cool because their, their train is actually not covered at all. So it's going to be cool that they now are going to have a covered section of it. And it makes me wonder if they're going to do something cool with it. Like, you know, what we got to see with the Grand Canyon diorama, or if we're just going to get a tunnel and that's it. But either way, it's exciting. Um, also to go on that Tron like light cycle run looks like it should be opening April 2023 with previews coming in March 2023 to probably cast members and annual pass holders. But uh, once again, because I feel like I got a little away from it, the Walt Disney World Railroad has been doing cast member previews and it is listed as coming back this holiday season, which means it should be opening sometime before the new year. Now moving on, Wondrous Journeys is coming to Disneyland. So as part of the 100 Years of Wonder kickoff at, on January 27, 2023, Disneyland Resort will be having a few additions coming to Disneyland Park and to Disney California Adventure. I've already mentioned the upcoming opening of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway at Disneyland Park. But they will also be receiving a new nighttime spectacular. So this new projection show and fireworks uh, display will be called Wondrous Journeys. And will be celebrating 100 years of the Walt Disney Animation Company uh, in an experience that will, that will ignite the dreamer in all of us. Just Disney being so Disney. Uh, it will feature moments and stories from Encanto, Hercules, Princess and the Frog, Peter Pan, Frozen, Treasure Planet, Big Hero 6, Moana, and more. Now we got confirmation via Disney that the castle will transform via projections into the Madrigal Casita from Encanto and that Baymax in his armor will be flying above the castle during the show. You can think of this as for instance, Tinkerbell doing her famous fly um, above the castle, or we have also seen them do different versions of this, like the up house named Ellie, or Dumbo making that same journey. I think this is going to be a sight to be seen, though I will admit I don't think I'm going to be watching this. You know, I, I'm more of a commando when I go to the parks, and I rarely make the stops for fireworks, parades, or shows. There's very few exceptions that come uh, to mind for me 
One of them being Paint the Night, which is gone, unfortunately, and it doesn't look like we'll ever be coming back. Uh, Soundsational Parade, which unfortunately has been replaced, though I do hope that um, Magic Happens is a pretty cool parade, but, you know, Soundsational, I know any one of my family members knows is a very specific one for me because that was my daughter's big one when she was little. Um, and anytime they do Disneyland Forever fireworks, uh, you know, because they do the ride audio. So I love those. And there's actually another show that I try not to miss anytime I'm at the park and specifically at Disney California Adventure, which I will be letting you know in a second that it will also be getting <laughs> an update and addition. So... Disney California Adventure on January 27th will be getting a new version of the World of Color called World of Color 1 because apparently they couldn't figure out how to get one of the Disney words like wonder, magic, wish, or fantasy in this one, which interestingly enough is the name of all of their Disney cruise ships, I guess. <laughs> That's a Nathan shout out for you. But World of, Col uh, World of Color 1 celebrates the storytelling legacy started by Walt Disney himself a century ago and tell a story of how a single action like a drop of water creates a ripple that can grow into a weave of change. It brings some of the most courageous, loving, and inspiring characters to life in new ways. The show will also feature a new original song called Start a Wave. Now the hot rumor though coming in right now for this show is that it's going to be featuring, obviously, a bunch of scenes and moments from popular Disney and Disney and Pixar films like Encanto, Lion King, Mulan, Coco, and Soul, which were all featured in the concept art. However, there is a rumor that we're going to be getting a shots of a very popular gunslinger and his little green friend inside of it. So Star Wars and Lucasfilm are not ideally or even like conceptually really Disney, but they are in the Disney family. So a Mandalorian uh, appearance to me kind of sounds exciting and for once shows kind of Disney jumping on something early, uh, like when something's actually popular instead of waiting until way after the fact. I can think of it very easily as something Disney has... So Disney basically has two ways that they approach things. One is that they know already just right out the gate, like this thing is going to kill. Think of Frozen or Lion King or Aladdin or Beauty and the Beast. Like they knew already going into those, these things are going to kill. They're going to make money. We need to market these. We need to make as much as we can off of this. But they also have a second thought process which is where they doubt things and that's very easily Tangled or Little Mermaid or uh, even DuckTales the new version not the original one which started in 2017 and then got cancelled in 2021 but then they just opened up a tie-in at Epcot for DuckTales um, I, I'm sorry I'm forgetting what it's called but it's just absurd to me that <laughs> This is a thing that they decided to go with after the fact that they already canceled the show uh, like over a year ago. But 
I'm, I'm assuming it was already in production or something, so it was too late. But either way, it's just, just so odd to me. But either way, World of Color is one of the few shows that I genuinely like make it a point to go see. So I'm pretty excited actually to see that this one is coming. So I have to say, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be waiting to see it, especially just even mentioning Walt Disney as like part of the description, you're, you're gonna get me going. Uh, I was actually complaining earlier because I saw that there's gonna be a new set of merch coming to, uh, I thought it was Disney parks or at least Disneyland and that it was Walt Disney inspired and it was Walt Disney presents slash Walt Disney's Disneyland as merch. And I got super excited looking at this stuff just to end up looking over and realizing that these items are for Tokyo Disneyland, which is so upsetting. But, you know, I digress, because what can I do, right? All right, now, you be sure to stay seated with your seatbelt buckled. It's the law in my town. All right, well, thank you guys again for listening to another episode of Three Guys and the Mouse. Like I promised, I'm going to try to get these out a little more often. But thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I did get a pretty good response at the first one. Uh, I still need you guys to push over to our social medias, you know, just because. But um, <laughs> I honestly, I, I got a lot of good feedback. Uh, and I really enjoy seeing that. And I enjoy seeing the numbers go up, you know. Uh, I mean, this all kind of started too with me kind of seeing the Spotify unwrapped for the podcast, and it very surprisingly was high, which I did not guess would happen considering we only had three episodes, but uh, you guys are out there listening, the three of you, so I guess I'll just keep going with it uh, and see where we go, right? But, you know, thank you guys so much. I know um, I'm going to try to get this, these out a little more often um, anytime I can. I'll have a special one coming up soon. But seriously, just make sure to subscribe and uh, promote if you can to other people. But also give us a review. Those help us out. And that helps us get more viewers and listeners to uh, listen to my terrible takes on things, right? Uh, and my universal hate for no reason. So again... Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Nathan, uh, for listening out there. And, you know, we're going to bring these to you guys uh, more often. And hopefully I'll be getting our co-hosts coming back at some point. So we'll see you guys later. Ka-chow. <laughs>